Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Golden Age podcast. And today it's a very special episode. I have with me Austin Scholar. Austin, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a real pleasure to talk with you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this. So, yeah, yeah. So, perfect. So, Austin, for those of you uh, who don't know you, you're a high schooler. And I, I just stumbled upon your, 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 uh, your work because I saw a tweet a thread of yours, a Twitter thread of yours that started like this. And I'm going to quote and then I'll ask you to just talk about it. So you start the tweet with this sentence. I haven't had a teacher since fourth grade. And the moment I read that, I was hooked to understand like the whole history behind it and what's your journey throughout education. And so I guess that my first question would be to everyone that doesn't know Austin Scholar, like talk a little bit about yourself and about your journey through education. Of course. So, um, yes, my name is Austin Scholar. I am a high schooler in Austin, Texas, and um, I haven't had a teacher since fourth grade. And um, basically, starting in fourth grade, um, I started really getting into alternative education. Well, I say my I did, but it's my parents kind of um, <laughs> impacted me and started, yeah. yeah, led me to all of the alternative education. And um, I started using online apps um, to do all of my academics and all of the educational aspect of it. And so um, I use um, Khan Academy is the most well known one. Um, and it's it's basically just um, a way to learn concepts online and um, at your own pace. Mm -hmm. And so um, that all started in fourth grade. And then um, my entire family, we sort of like went on this journey of exploring alternative education and um, these apps. And if we, if we learn on these apps, um, it's not, we're not in a classroom and we're not going through a like time specific curriculum. And so we can learn faster because it's all like um, specified to us and to yeah. me. And so um, since I've been, since I was able to learn faster in the morning, I had the afternoon to learn life skills and mm. um, and things like that. And so uh, I did that all throughout uh, middle, school. middle school. And then now that I'm in high school, now that I'm in high school, I have, I spend the afternoon doing um, uh, a masterpiece project. Yeah, um, and sorry, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say. I was just okay. gonna ask if you wanted me to explain more. Yeah, yeah. I, I so let's let's just pause, and I want to go back to, to middle school before you, you you specify what the masterpiece is. So, like, the, first of all, that's so cool that your parents were those kinds of parents, right? And they were willing to to just explore that. And uh, I guess my question was like, when you're in middle school, you're clearly having a different experience. Like, do did did you have friends that go to regular uh, middle school? And if so, like. Did you have like uh, any kind of issues with that or just like, how, how, how did that relationship work? Yeah, of course. So um, my, so I went to a private school uh, for up until fourth grade. And then mm -hmm. I switched to um, this alternative school called, it was called Acton at the time, but um, now it's sort of morphed into alpha. Um, so I'll just yeah. call it alpha for, um, yeah 
consistency's sake. Um, and so at Alpha, it's um, I had a bunch of friends. I like made a bunch of friends at Alpha, but I still had like my friends from like elementary school. Um, yeah. And so even though I didn't like hang out with them a lot, I still mm. um, was able to. Um, I saw my friend, a couple of my friends at church on Sunday, and yeah. um, and so I was still able to keep in contact. But I obviously just wasn't as close with them. Yeah, um, I didn't there wasn't, I didn't have any real conflicts. It was more, um, just, um, we definitely had different experiences. And so Mm. we definitely did drift apart, but Mm. it wasn't that, um, we didn't have any big conflicts and I still obviously, yeah, I had all my friends from alpha. And so, um, I was totally, yeah, okay cool. still yeah so so one of the things that i was going to ask because uh, one of the things that i noticed is that um in, in the u.s you have way more alternatives in in terms of education like in portugal you have like the, the typical education system you have something in high school called professional courses which are usually looked down upon because they're more practical courses and 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 you have a tiny percentage of people that actually embrace like alternative education and do some homeschooling. But uh, I was wondering, like, do do you feel like there's a big difference? Of I mean, of course, there's a big difference between like doing uh, the typical school and like the the, uh, the alternative school. But as you drifted apart from 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 those those friends, uh, did you feel like you were somehow more prepared, or you were having like uh, a different kind of knowledge um and and learning experience like how how was that yeah so i definitely think that there is a difference and it's like specifically with alpha there's a huge focus on independence and um like ambition and internal motivation and so Mm. um i feel like i got an experience i have an i got an experience where I know that I'm capable of doing a lot and a lot Mm -hmm. of really cool things, even though I'm still in high school and actually taking that the high school is actually a benefit and um, something that I can, that it's a, it's a positive aspect, not a, Oh, I'm in high school, so I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. think that's um, a core um, piece that of my experience that I got that a lot of my, that my friends um, in traditional schooling didn't. Yeah, that's that's so that's awesome. Uh, I, I'm writing on an essay exploring this idea why high schoolers are actually a key factor to get to getting us into a modern golden age. And one of the things that I share was precisely something along those lines. Uh, I in my high school I did a professional course in music, uh, and so I had this very different experience from my peers because um, I was 16 years old and I was just obsessed around music, uh, and I was trying to sell my music to different venues. I was trying, I, I, I built this entrepreneurial mindset. And one of the things that really shaped was my, my mindset and my beliefs was the fact that I was playing in venues with people that were way older than me and the level were, was basically the same. Sometimes I was even better. And, and, and that made me realize that when it comes to human potential, age is merely a number, right? And so the, the fact that, and, having those experiences in, in high school makes you think that oh wait i have a lot of agency and i can create very great things regardless of being a high schooler or not uh and so that's a great experience so before we get into the the, the masterpiece i just have one more question sorry you, you mentioned the half school of course and give us like an overview of of some of the 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 principles in 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 that school like how does that work 
Of course. So Alpha has three commitments to students. The first is that they're going to love school. And so that part comes from just having all that internal motivation and um, not being forced to sit in the classroom and just like listen to a lecture all day. Um, So you're going to love school. You're going to learn twice as fast. And that comes from apps and um, uh, online learning. And finally, you will learn life skills. And so um, this is the afternoon. And so how are you going to spend your afternoon um, becoming, uh, getting the most potential out of you that you can? And Mm -hmm. so um, in high school, um, it's, like I said, masterpieces. But then there's also things like um, college application. Like, how can you do that? How can you learn how to learn? Um, I wrote an article about that, um, about Jason Tatum. Yeah. And so um, being able to take every, take the internet and um, uh, just use it to learn anything you want. Yeah. And, and we can riff on that uh, a little bit, but let's just go into the masterpiece. So you, you just mentioned you spend the, the mornings just getting your, your uh, curriculum with these different apps. Um, and then in the afternoon, you work in your masterpiece. So tell us what that is. Yeah, so a masterpiece is a super super ambitious project that all high that all alpha high schoolers compete complete within four years, and so this the, this masterpiece is supposed to be comparable to an Olymp- Olympian when you're applying to college, and so it's like so you want the college admissions officer to look at you and be like, wow, this project is just as impressive as the, that Olympic fencer that I just let in. And so mm-hmm. um, that is the goal of the masterpiece is to just have it very, very um, uh, impressive and ambitious. And um, mm-hmm. we have these four criteria, these four criteria for um, the masterpiece. We call it DELT. And so the first is desirable. And so it's um, it, you have to like desire it. You have it has to be something that is um, that is like challenging and just hard but also something that you're passionate about and so it has to be desirable externally hard and valuable and so that's a lot of where the olympic um the olympic level comes in and it just has to be other people have to think that that's really hard you know like you can't like if your masterpiece is oh i'm gonna watch 20 hours of um of netflix every single day Mm -hmm. yeah that's hard but that's not (laughs) <laughs> that's not yeah. externally valuable yeah. you might think it's hard but it's not really um the third one is you have to love it and so you have if you're going to spend four years of afternoons working on this you have to you have to love what you're doing and um the fourth thing is time and so you're going to you a have to um commit to spending a lot of time and b enjoy like just enjoy the time that you're going to be spending on it and Mm. so it's kind of it's they're all kind of wrapped up in this in these ideas that you have to create a project that you are passionate about and that is really hard those are that's kind Mm -hmm. of the idea behind masterpieces yeah that's that's a good example and one of like it's 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 a great example of how to lead a, a learning experience, and I'm fascinated by this. is is part of my job, and like the it's basically what you just mentioned. Uh, it, it's it's basically a lot around how you enjoy doing that, and that's great. So tell us, what's your masterpiece? So my masterpiece is to basically create a Substack 
a newsletter and get 10,000 paid subscribers on it. And so that means that my Substack will basically be in the top 10 most subscribed newsletters. Um, and so that's definitely really hard, really challenging, but, um, and to get 10,000 people to pay me to read my writing, I mean, yeah. it's kind of a lot, but, um, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And you're doing an awesome job. Of so, so let's, let's go into that. Like how did that idea like just emerge? Yeah. So, um, uh, high schoolers aren't we're not meant to know exactly what we want to do like first day of freshman year. And so um, I spent a lot of freshman year experimenting and figuring out what it was that I wanted to spend my time on. Um, mm. Originally I had a masterpiece around mental health and creating some sort of mental health program mm. to help teenagers because that was something that was really important to me and like had impacted my life. Um, but then as I, I kept working on it and I was just, I didn't, I just dreaded working on it because it made mm. me really sad to mm. work on because it's just such a depressing topic. Yeah. Um, and so um, I realized that I needed to change it. And so over the summer, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about um, what do I like to do? And I think um, I went to a summer program in Madrid um, and it was all about writing. And I came back from it and I was like, hmm, I just voluntarily spent two weeks learning about writing in the summer. I feel like there's a trend here. And so I, I changed my mind. I knew I wanted to write, do something with writing. Mm. Um, and then I just thought about what, what am I good at? What do I know? And um, I know a lot, a lot about alternative education and adaptive apps and basically everything that has kind of shaped my life um, for six years. And yeah. so um, that was kind of how I came to um, writing about writing about education. And so then it just came into how to fine tune it to make it Olympic level is kind mm -hmm. of how that's how the idea emerged. Yeah, that's that's great. And one of the things that I really enjoyed is that um, you, you like I, I actually I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer like, who are you writing for? I'm writing for parents. Yeah. Kids, and that, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, teenagers, they are not going to pay me. They do not care. They do not want to read about education after they just spent seven hours at school. And I know yeah. that. I am aware of it. So get, my audience is not those teenagers. So my yeah. audience is their parents because there's yeah, nothing a parent cares about more than their kid's education. Their kids, yes. Like the first time that I, I saw your uh, your tweet and I went to your profile and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and, and, and back then, so since I work, part of my job is with high schoolers, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can grab some of these, uh, some of these, uh, her tweets and just send to, to some of, of the students that we work with. It took me just a minute to realize, oh no, she's doing a whole different thing, which is way smarter, which is basically, you know that kids won't read about education because they're tired mm -hmm. of school. And so you're aiming at their parents. And I found that fascinating, fascinating really. Uh, and so so that that's that's great. So how long um, do you still have before, um, be, until you, you have to finish like the masterpiece? Well, it the, goes until, it goes until uh, senior year, and I'm mm. I'm. This is my junior year, and so I have, um, 
I have, I still have a year and a half, a, a little bit over a year and a half left. Yeah. Um, right. But I want to get it to an impressive enough level, but by the time that I submit college applications. And so mm. um, that is a lot closer to a year than mm. um, like the end mm. of school. Yeah, basically. Uh, you, you're, you're, you're just, yeah, you, I, I get that. So uh, like, cause here's the thing. I, I, one of the, I was, I was just doing a call uh, with, with part of my team recently, uh, recently this morning. And I was talking with them and I was talking that I was going to interview you. And one of the things that I really found fascinating is that is how ambitious the project is. Like I look at some high schools here in Portugal and like we work with them in order to develop like uh, some kind of project that can help their communities. And and most of the times, the only thing that we need to do is just basically tell them that they can do something. It, it's not even, ha it doesn't have, it has to be like a big thing. It just, you can do something. And I was wondering like in your experience, like where did that ambition come from? Like doing something that big. I know that you, you have like Alpha School just, prompted you to do it but do you do you feel that part of that ambition was was just inside of you like where does that come from yeah um i think part of it definitely comes from my family um because um both my mom and my dad and my sister um they're all really they're all so supportive and they're like they always they tell me that they, they, they're very much under the impression that high schoolers can do anything and um, you just have to put in the time and effort to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's very much hard work leads to reward. And um, that's kind of how everything in my family structure has operated forever. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, doing hard things has just always been kind of part of who I am and who, um, and like how my family is. And so, mm -hmm. um, uh, just being able to take that into, and like, I, I have to do a hard project, so I'm going to make it as ambitious as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and just because it's, it's possible, it is not impossible for me to do this. And so, um, I'm willing to put in the time and the effort to make it happen. Mm, yeah, that's that's such a great answer. So, can you give some examples? And, and if you can't, it's it's perfectly fine. But can you give some examples of other masterpieces that maybe some of your colleagues are doing, just to get like a broader vision of of what you guys are working on? Of course. On? Um. So, um, there are a few. Like, so my my best friend, I talk about her a lot in my newsletters. Um, but she is, um, she's super passionate about religion and morality and everything like that. But, um, she noticed that a lot of other teenagers don't really care about it. And, um, mm. like a lot of Gen Z culture is really, mm. um, decreasing the, the value and the importance of any type of like religion or like values things. Yeah. And so what she's, what she, her masterpiece is to get a million followers on TikTok, um, that, on a TikTok and her TikTok is about um, uh, uh, explaining the importance of values and all of that, like morality and religion and why mm. it's important in a way that teenagers would like. And so she's using all of these like pop culture movies and popular songs and how, and she's explaining how they're all rooted in these core and core values and 
like so just so she can explain the importance of them and so that's yeah. that's that's my best friend's project that's awesome you, you, after the show you you'll if you want you can send me a tiktok and we'll add it on on like mm -hmm. the the description uh of, of the mm -hmm. podcast and i would love to talk with her in the podcast as well because i believe that of course like values are something that's i, I talked about I, i talk about values in literally almost all the episodes if not all the episodes of, of the podcast so i would love to talk mm -hmm. with her and, and can you give us just a little, just one more example of, of our masterpiece yeah of course um so another one of my friends um he basically bikes um all day all day every day like it, he is an insane mountain biker and so um he is getting he's building a bike park in texas And um, he's basically, he spends, he has to get like grants and funding and all of this yeah. stuff. And he like spends uh, his afternoons, like after school, he's like, just like cutting down trees and just like making all these bike path, path, uh, yeah. paths and stuff like that. And so that's pretty cool. And then I think um, he wants to add another layer to it where um, uh, he has to like convince ESPN to put mountain biking as like, a, as like an official sport or something on their, on their website. I'm not totally well, sure about the, the, the specifics on that, but it's something yeah. like with ESPN and then building his own bike park. Awesome. It's, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. That's just so good. So uh, like one of the things, um, and, and you just, you, you published a, a weekly newsletter and I have a bunch of questions about some of those um, uh, issues. Um, but I do just want to ask you something uh, related still to the learning experience, which is the first time that I, I before I, I understood that you were in alpha school and doing some research on them, I just assumed that um, doing all that learning was actually a very individual process. And like, and basically you were alone at home, just going through different apps. But actually when I was started to, to look into, uh, look into it a little bit more, I just realized that you have, you guys have this whole community of people going through, the, going through that experience. But then you have also the, the, the community aspect of it. And I was wondering, like, first of all, how important is that? Like having, keeping a community while learning as a high schooler. And second one, uh, you, you be, because you do, In, in, because Alpha, Alpha School gives you tremendous freedom to just choose your interests. Like it, it ends up like you end up a bunch of different people that are very high, uh, like they have like high potential, but they have these very different interests. So how, how do you mix that with finding like a tribe with the same interests that you have, right? So those are two questions um, I would love to, to get your answers. Yeah. Of course. So um, I have found the community piece super, super important because um, if I was just like hold away in my room all day um, doing apps and math and stuff, I would probably get, I would probably start feeling pretty bad and um, just lonely. And yeah. um, it's definitely not, I don't know, I, I wouldn't like it at all yeah. <laughs> but because i i'm surrounded by all these people who are doing the same thing and um we can all help each other and lift each other up and yes we have we have apps to teach us but um you know this morning i was asking one of my friends how i could how to download a stats function on my on my calculator you know uh, it's a it's it's still community it, we still have a very 
um, tight-knit community, even though we are all kind of on our own learning paths. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so, and and basically, uh, you feel like having people around you, um, and I mentioned this because you mentioned you, you going to, to Madrid, um, and and the, like the newsletter where you talk about it is called Find Your Tribe, right? Because basically mm -hmm. what happens is, even though you're, once again, in a context where everyone's learning and you're all friends, you have these all these very different um, tastes and, and obsessions and interests. And and so how do you combine that with having like a group of people, a group of friends who actually share the same obsession that, that you do? Like, how can we find those tribes as a high schooler? Yeah. So obviously I have like my, like my super close friends that go to Alpha and um, all of that stuff. And um, I guess part of it is, is that we, even though we have different like passions, we're all still kind of on the same path and we're all still mm. trying to do this masterpiece. And we're all still, mm. we're all working on like um, building an audience and um, like doing these kind of challenging things, yeah. Um, yeah. even though they might be a little bit different in topic and um, concept, they're all quite similar. Um, and so we, I still, we can still build that community um, yeah. that way. Um, but also um, I think like for me, I love to write. And so I went to Madrid and I found all of these really, really great, um, my writing friends, you know, um, we all love to just like write together. And so, um, and then I did the same thing this summer at Oxford. And so um, I think it's just sometimes you, there's, there's, these, there's all these experiences. You're not the only person who likes one thing, this one thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, even mm -hmm. though there's not a person at the school who like genuinely enjoys to write like I do, mm -hmm. um, those people exist somewhere in the world. And so I just took the off, I found the opportunities that I could that would connect me with those people um, and was able to have a great few weeks with them. And you know, um, we still like, if I need someone to like edit my work or whatever, I just like send it over and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> um, you mind looking this over? And yeah. so it's, it's still, it's a different type of, it's a different type of friendship, but it's still a, it's still one where that I value and that it's, it's just cause I went and I went and found those people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's great. Cause one of the things that I, I really like, when I was in high school, and I was studying music, and funnily enough, like most of my friends came from outside of the music, and it, it it wasn't just because we shared this common obsession that we could actually be friends. We ended up doing it. But one of the things that I I, I really think is that that's great as a high school is just and and you can check in on this is 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 to make sure that we have like experiences that somehow bond us, and one of the best ways to do it is basically through different challenges because human beings bond many different ways one of them is pain and when i i'm not talking about physical or extreme pain but just the pain of going through a challenge of trying to build an audience of, of trying to build these different projects um sure seem like a, a very good way to to bond and to connect so uh you, you of course you're one of if not the obsession is is writing why like if by all these different things and you already mentioned like how did you get into writing but like what what is it about writing that attracts you so much do you have like a, an explanation or is it just something that you yeah. just feel like doing yeah um so basically i've i've been a reader forever um 
there's been a ton of, of t- when I was in elementary school, my mom, there's this book series that I loved, um, uh, The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Um, oh. I loved, loved that book series. And so when I was first reading it, it was like, it was like 10 o'clock and, at the, and that's like late, late for, for mm. these little, for little children. And so yeah. um, I was reading it and I was like, no mom, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm going to keep reading. And she physically had to take the book out of my hand and was like, you are going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I definitely always had a passion for words and mm. um, the things that they can create. Um, and then um, I guess as I got older, um, writing was just a way for me to express myself. But not only that, it was um, to show who I wanted to be and um, mm-hmm. um, how I wanted to present myself to the world. And so um, I would write these story, these like, you know, that now in middle school, I'm writing all these like short middle school stories about like a popular girl who, um, who is like super good at absolutely everything and everyone mm-hmm. thinks she's super pretty and all that. And so, I mean, it, as silly as they are, it's kind of like the way that I wanted to, that I wanted the world to see me. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I used writing and that's kind of transferred mm-hmm. to like my masterpiece. And yeah. um, uh, obviously I'm not, I'm not exactly Austin scholar, you know, every day and in every conversation. Um, but it's how I want to present myself and how I want to show my experiences and my personality to the world. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of what writing is for me. That's such a deep answer. Uh, I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a, a few quick questions before we get to, into the, the modern yeah. golden age part. Like uh, you're a fan of books uh, and of reading, clearly. Like the typical question, like give us what? Oh, no. What are like two, three books that you think that high schoolers all around the world should read? You have like any recommendation on that level? Well, all around the world. That's that part's I feel like kind of hard, but one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books um is called Um The Infinite Powers, and it's the the story of and history of calculus. And so that mm. sounds so boring and so horrible. I know. I picked it up and I was like, what is this? Absolutely not. Um, but I started reading it. And it's basically in math class, you do not learn any of the backstory behind any math formula. It's like, here's this equation, go do it, whatever, no one cares. But mm-hmm. with this book, I started reading it and it was just completely mesmerizing and captivating because Math is very binary, yes, no, um, number, or no, you know, not number, blah, 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 find the variable. But there's actually some really complex history and backstory to it. And it really made me realize, like, why I should care about math. Because um, it's like, oh, you want to, how do things move? Like, how how do you move? You know, people figure that out through math. And, um, you know. The, like infinity like what even is that why do people care mm-hmm. about that why why mm-hmm. do I have to why do I have to use that in equations that's so annoying but it's actually there's so much value in that that I only that I only learned because I like read this book and so mm-hmm. um that one is I mean it's obviously that book is not going to be for everyone no matter how much I yeah. no matter how much I love it but it definitely it gives a different perspective on math which is you know 
definitely not one of the most interesting like, topics yeah. to high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did. I did put the the, the bar really high with everyone in the world. I know, but I I want to know. And so and 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 lowering a little bit uh, the the standard. Like, what are some of your favorite books? Like, what do you like to read? Um. So I am definitely. I'm a fiction. I'm definitely a fiction girl. Um, I, um, in 2020, I set a goal to read 125 books and I would say 120 of them were, um, YA fiction, um, mm. novels. And so, yeah. um, I've definitely, I've covered all the bases for, um, young adult fiction. Um, and so I really found, I love mystery novels. Oh my God. I love them. And then I also found I really like psychological thrillers, which I was mm. not expecting. I won't be honest. I was not expecting to like those. Um, but um, there's a bunch of book series um, uh, about that are like the mystery novel part. Um, One of Us is Lying. It got a TV show. Um, the book is 10,000 million times better than the TV show. Mm. Um It's not even close. Um, <laughs> I actually haven't watched the show or read the book, uh, but I'll, mm -hmm. I'll I'll look into it. Yeah, One of Us is Lying is pretty good. Um, then there's the um, Murder Trending series. Um, you have to be okay with some gory stuff to read that. Um, it is pretty intense. I know it's so weird that I really like that stuff, but... Um, I found it really interesting, actually. Uh, my parents were all very, very concerned when I told them yeah. about the book that I was reading. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess. Yeah. I also, Stalking Jack the Ripper. Um, it's actually probably the... That one's good. It's uh, another murder mystery um, that I also really enjoy. <laughs> awesome. I'll, 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 I'll check into those. We'll add those links to the description and I'll look into some of them and I'll let you know what, what I think of it. So one last question <laughs> before we get into the modern golden age. Uh, can you talk about WWKJD, which is an acronym for what would Chris Jenner do? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, I was not a Kardashians person. I did not watch a single episode of that Kardashian show until one of my really, really good friends, um, he was like, you have to watch it. There's a new season. We're going to watch it together. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, and so I watched that show and I, for, I thought that there was, I thought, I felt like there was a lot deeper, a lot deeper pers personalities behind these, seen like trashy tv um uh women and so um i uh after after watching that first episode i did kind of like i obviously i watched the rest of the season and i kind of did like a a deeper dive into the kardashians and who they are and um one of the things that um really struck me was how truly ambitious and just ruthless these women are um and specifically Kris Jenner um she is totally willing to do anything to reach her goal and so um it was kind of motivational for me you know like whatever whatever I need to do 
to reach this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like Chris Jenner, obviously not like Chris Jenner, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but taking that idea of, of will of the willingness to do anything to reach your goal is kind of, um, is something that I was super motivated by. And so now like when I, when I'm working on my masterpiece and like, I'm like, I'm worried about like doing a cold outreach or like trying to, um, send, send an email to someone that, you know, I don't know. I'm definitely working on all those skills, but I, I find them really hard and really scary. And so I just, I stop and I think to myself, what would Kris Jenner do? Would she send this email? If the answer is yes, I send the email, you know, yeah. it's like, I, and obviously she's reached her goal. She is, her family is, absolutely in, is completely insane and famous. And normally normal reality TV families, they don't, they don't last, you know, the Kardashians, the Kardashians are pretty much the, one of like the only reality TV families to ever actually make it. And so it was basically, how did they do that is how I came up with um, my article on the, um, what you can learn from the Kardashians. And so it's like that motivation piece, I think, and drive, they have so much drive. And so, um, it's channeling that like if the Kardashians can do it, I can do it. That's kind of and so if would if Chris Jenner would send the email, I send the email. Send that's email. kind of how awesome. <laughs> that's that's so good. That's that's so awesome. And one of the things I I, I really enjoyed about it is is that um it is it, it it takes someone really mature to to actually see uh beyond like the the first impact that some something like the, the Kardashians uh, can can just give you when you when you're giving when you're seeing the show for the first time right in the whole drama and of course mm-hmm. so a part of us uh or a part of for some of us like the drama is actually a good thing because we actually yeah. have fun enjoying it right okay oh, perfect it's enjoyable yeah, right yeah of course but but also like the fact that you can actually look at it and just see beyond just what the tv show is is, is showing or actually understanding the deeper motivations of, of and the deeper meanings of, of some situations in that in that show is is something that it, you have to be really mature to do it and like that was one of the things one of the moments where i realized oh she like austin has like this very adult a view on, on things and it was one of the things that that really made me want want to have you on the show and, and and listen to your to your perspective because of course you're you're actually you're also building like this giant masterpiece which is in itself like pretty something pretty good but like the fact that i kept reading kept saying like you have like this very mature view on things was was one of the things that made me really wanted to have you here and in that note let's go into the like the modern golden age part and so basically so uh just to give you some context on 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 how this podcast showed i like this this meme and i'll send it to you after after the show by by this this guy on twitter called visa and basically has like this meme where he points out like these different dominoes uh and it starts by uh, connecting fans with with it's it's an acronym from friendly ambitious nerds and if we tackle all those dem- dominoes we get into a golden age a new golden age of humanity and when i looked at that i realized that i wanted to be part of that process and to me like the way that i found was okay i i don't have like the capability of coming up with these brilliant ideas that will rev- revolutionize like uh, everything in the world the whole world 
but I do love to have conversations and I'm pretty good at asking questions and trying to understand uh people's point of view so i want to start a podcast and i want to meet people and ask them about this topic and what they think about it and how can we get there and so there's no specific definition for what a modern golden age is and what i what i usually do is i ask people like this expression what do you think what what image or what kind of thought uh causes on you and and so that's that's just like my first question like What's a modern golden age look like to you? When you listen to those expressions, to that expression, like what does your mind uh, conjure? Yeah. Um, so I took world history last year. And um, something that was that was really interesting to me was the Islamic golden age and how, um, how many incredible um, innovations and advancements were made um, during the Islamic golden age. And... Um, and so when I think of modern golden age, I kind of think of how uh, specifically in education in the Islamic golden mm. age, there's a lot of really cool things and like the own library and all that. Um, and so I, so to bring it to a modern golden age, I think part a big piece of that is um, uh, innovating education and bringing it to a more, modern place because we still use the same education system that we made a bajillion years ago and yeah. so it's the world has changed and so education should change along with it and so yeah. um uh i mean i think that using you know using these apps to learn and um and giving teaching high schoolers independence and learning to learn and motivation and all of these really um crucial life skills that are kind of brushed over in the education system because mm -hmm. um it was created for like just like workers and people who follow commands and instructions but yeah. um now the world prioritizes and rewards independent thinkers and um and people who take initiative and so i think that we need to that updating this education system and getting all of these and encouraging independent thinking and um, independence and just like ambition in all of these kids um, will cre could create um, a could help build and and um, construct the modern golden age. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. And like one of the things that. Uh, I've I've come to believe after talking with a lot of people about this topic is that the first step to do so is to encourage people to live purpose-led lives. What I mean by purpose-led lives uh, is 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 basically to make a living out of solving meaningful problems to them uh, and 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 add value with that, right? And so uh, I do have like so besides that change in education, what are some of other practices that you believe we have we should do in order to get there? Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of stuff around technology um, and finding ways to use technology to its fullest application um, because um, uh, a lot of people, when like you have Google and you're like, okay, I want to know more about this stuff, but not, not a lot of people really know how to use Google to its absolute fullest potential. And so like we did um, a Google search um, workshop 
where we learned all about the advanced features and how to like actually like Google search something. And so um, there's so many cases like that where we have these really cool innovations and technologies, but we don't know how to use them as well as we could. And so um, as, or as well as they're even intended. And so I think finding ways to um, use technology to, you know, uh, its fullest potential is something important. Yeah, it, it, it makes little sense. And and I do believe that you mentioned on the, your newsletter about uh, how to learn. Uh, you you did mention that you guys are like the generation that has access to the internet and I, like the internet basically just it, it, it's able to bring a new a whole new perspective on how to learn and how to understand things and I and that's why I call it actually a modern golden age because I do believe that the internet and and the the whole technology part will be extremely meaningful to them. Okay. Uh, so we're coming out our our time, Austin, and I I, I wanted to, to just say thank you so much for for being here. Before we wrap up, though, I do have one last question, which is basically if people want to find out more about you, if they want to subscribe to your newsletter, if they want to reach uh, and, and get in touch with you, what are the best places to do so? Um, well, I have Twitter, so at Austin Scholar on Twitter. And then my newsletter is, um, on Substack and it's called Austin Scholar. And so, um, those are the two places where you can find me. Perfect. We'll leave the links in the description. Uh, and, and to everyone listening to the podcast, please go check, uh, the Austin's, Austin's newsletter. It's absolutely gorgeous. She, she writes really well, by the way, you write really well. Uh, so and once again, you have a, this whole very mature perspective. So congratulations on that. Uh, and once again, Austin, it was very good to have you here. I really hope we can, great. we can, we can chat and to everyone listening once again go to the links follow uh austin's work and if you like the podcast feel free to give it a rating in your favorite podcast platform and i'll see you all on the next episode bye <laughs>